Welcome to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. Today is Tuesday, May 19th, 2020, and today's episode is brought to you by Bill Bar. Start building your first box today at BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout and save $10 off. That's $10 off at BuiltBar.com using the promo code LOCKEDON. I'm out of breath. I am your host, Detroit sports writer Noel Bianchi, here today, as always, with longtime Red Wings fan Ethan Smith. Hi, Nolan. How are you doing today? Can I ask you a question really quick? Mm-hmm. What's your drink of choice? Like non-alcoholic, alcoholic? Alcoholic. Uh, I don't know. I've been on gin and tonics lately. Gin tonic, a little bit of juice. A little bit of juice. Good. I like juice. that. What about you? I like that. Um, I have been getting fed vodka cranberries this weekend. Oh, that's good. So vodka cranberry. That's what I'm going with. You put a little bit of cranberry in, put some water in, then you put some lemon drops in there. They're I'm really bomb. weird about putting water in uh, cocktails. I don't know it why. Just dil- yeah, I just do it for the cranberries. It just kind of dilutes the the sweetness of the cranberry a bit. It's well, it's bad. just like uh, well, it's just like anything like water and anything. I don't know why. It's just like this weird mental block thing. Like I can't use a dish unless it's completely dry. You know. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, but today, <laughs> well, today we have part two of our uh, two-part interview with longtime Red Wings photographer Mark Hicks. If you missed yesterday's episode, be sure to go back and check that out. Uh, he talked about some great behind-the-scenes stories, including being in the Devils' locker room after they beat the Red Wings in '95. Uh, a story from the plane ride to go meet the president after they won the cup, uh, and much, much more. Today. Is even more exciting. We talked to him about his his famous picture that he took of Darren McCarty beating up Claude Lemieux with Shanahan and Adam Foote in the background. He talks about how he got that photo, how he ended up creating the spot between the benches that you now see Mickey Redmond in from time to time, and much, much more. Uh, be sure to subscribe. Tomorrow we have bonus episode shenanigans with Ben Raven from NLive. Uh, he's going to be coming on to do a souvenir stand draft uh we recorded an episode with him a few weeks back we did a red wings rewind on the 2008 cup final just remembering where he was during those days but i think we're going to save that for a later date and maybe uh maybe try and get a couple more of those together just where were you and then we'll we'll clip them up together and uh and put them out there i don't exactly know how it's going to go but and then as i mentioned yesterday the lockdown red wings podcast is now on youtube so we don't have full episodes on there but we do have uh all the best clips uh, going forward will be posted there so you can check that out as well enjoy part two with mark hicks we'll see you guys tomorrow i'm sure you must have taken some knocks then oh, in yeah. between like i'm sure you must have yeah there must be a, some stitches story or something like that's oh. got to be a brutal spot i oh man i come close a couple times really close uh one time i was sitting there and i'm t- member film so you got to like put your face down and we had no helmets on. Right. So your coconut sitting right above the bench <laughs> and a guy comes, I forgot who we're playing. Uh, they just changed the shift. So we had to have the defense in the right. Cause Rick Zombo sat right next to me, climbed, jumped over the bench and sit down. And then I heard a, like a weird noise, like a ting. Cause that was the year the guys were tr- trying aluminum sticks. So he was trying to clear the puck. Somebody's trying to clear the puck. Federoff tried to get a stick on it. Went ting. And it turned, Federoff was like five feet in front of us, and it went directly 90 degree right into Rick Zombo's mouth. Oh, oh my God. It sounded, he was about eight inches from me when it happened. I had blood all over, oh. all over my equipment, everything. I mean, it was everywhere on the bench of the floor. Of the, and if you, you know, you want a DNA sample, go to a hockey rink and take one off of a bench of a 
floor of the hockey bed. It sounded like somebody shot a puck through a watermelon. Oh, oh my. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he just bent over like this, and when he stood up, he definitely looked to the right, and I was like, oh, my God, dude. But that was one um, probably – What trainers? Did the trainers, like, rush over and take care of that guy? Like, yeah. what? just completely cover his whole face with the towel and you just escort him right off. I mean, and those guys know, like they don't, they got family in the crowd and wives and kids. You see when guys are hurt bad, they go in the tunnel right away. When a guy comes off the ice and goes right in the tunnel. Yep. His wife and he don't want his kids watching TV, seeing what's going on there. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. level, they're all normal guys that will probably don't mow their lawn, but you know, I mean, they live somewhere, they got kids, you know, their husband, right. and brother and uncle, you know, so there's no glass in between those benches. Is anybody ever talking to you during the game? They, the guys know you. Never shut up. Usually, <laughs> like, in, early in the season, the guys sitting in those two spots are sitting there the whole game because they ain't got a chance in hell of getting on the fence. Might take their helmet off and sit right down so he can see you got me for the whole night. <laughs> <laughs> well, how you doing? What's going on, you know? Chris Draper one time. So Dave Lewis's shoes together during a game. Oh my! Act like his skate was broke. He kept bending over, kept bending over. He's reaching right under the bench and tied Dave Lewis's laces together. So that was kind of fun. Did he trip? Well, a little. Now <laughs> before he went did a header. So a lot of stuff, a lot of shenanigans goes on on the bench. Um, stuff like that. People ask me a lot, what's the worst fight I ever saw as far as the bloodiest. Todd Gill was just a Windsor Spitfire, was on the team when Carmanis bought him, tougher than eating nails. And uh, Jim Nill, Red Wings own Jim Nill. And both those guys go about a buck 80, you know, mm-hmm. five, nine. And both guys are, you know, if you hit them in the head with a ball bat, they'd ask you why you did it before they beat you up, you know. <laughs> right in front of the bench, and they went hard. No defense went hard. And kind of like Marty McSorley Probert, they finally just got to the end of it. And they were like, you done? I'm like, I'm done. So we used to shoot out of the uh, penalty boxes all the time. We only had a 10-inch piece of glass in the penalty box. And when you stand up, the camera would go right above it. So all those guys would come right in. And he comes in, and I'm changing film in my camera. And all of a sudden, my whole camera and my legs get all just spray-painted with blood. I'm like, what the? And I look over, and um, the buckle for his – helmet was under his chin and when Todd Gill ripped his helmet off it ripped a hole right through his chin so he was sitting there breathing it was like a blowhole on a whale all of his air all of his air was coming in and out I mean they were cut over both both guys were like a train wreck you would have thought they fell out of a plane and they played the third period they must have probably (laughs) 50 stitches they had 10 minutes to get all the blood off the ice so that's I got more of those to do on them Joey Kosher, everybody wanted a Joey Kosher picture when he first came up, right? Because he used to punch people so hard that he had no skin over his top three knuckles. You know, like the little white knuckle on a chicken bone? Yeah. That was that. Was that. And you couldn't tape them up. But, you know, if you're going to go, you can't have anything, not even a Band-Aid on your hand. So there was a bounty out on a picture of his hand for a while. Finally, he hollered at me. He says, Hixie, I heard there's a bounty. He says, you might as well get the money. Go shoot him up. Oh, I love that. Remember they had a uh, sports magazine called The National? It was about a year. It was supposed to be like a daily kind of ESPN feel, but more of a Wall Street Journal kind of ESPN. I don't know. Yeah. National put this bounty on $500 if anybody gets a picture of Joey's hands. And you got it. Well, I should give half to him probably. 
<laughs> Statue of limitations, I think, is probably uh, probably gone on that. Now, one of the stories that you mentioned on uh, Darren McCarty's podcast, the Grind Time podcast, uh, but one of the stories you told him about being uh, between the benches was uh, a shot you got of Mark Crawford. It was like a nice full full dental shot. He said he was going to give it to his dentist, and when he gave it to you, he signed it. Mark, nice shot, open mouth insert. Oh shit! Uh, laying around here somewhere, not too far from me. I should have done better for preparation. I could have showed it to you, held it up to the camera. <laughs> well, I, I guess I'm just curious, what are some of the best inscriptions you've gotten from people on photos you've taken of them? You know, the guy signed a lot of stuff, so um, I get a lot of personalized stuff. Like, I'm down here in my basement now, but uh, I never really wanted to get all, like, give them to the guys they signed 10 of them because mm-hmm. there was so much guys whoring that stuff out and selling it on the, on the street. Yeah. Most of the photography world asked for forgiveness, not permission. You know, when I'm working for the owner in the NHL and like Sports Illustrated, before I would do something, I got to have permission. I can't go in there and say, oh, I didn't know I was supposed to do that, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I don't get too – I didn't get too many autographs um, from the guys like that. So guys, I, I, they say, what do you want? I say, you put on there what you feel. So guys would put on there, hey, thanks for the great photos. Thanks for the hard work. You know, thanks for sending 108 by 10s to my dad back in Russia, you know. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. And then the, um, the guys tried to tip me quite a bit. Like, that's how they kind of take care of the guys in the locker room. Yeah. And I, I wasn't really comfortable with money changing hands because that's not why I was really there to make money off the players, per se. Mm-hmm. But I'd, I'd always tell them to give me a hockey stick. So I got a pretty good hockey stick collection. Who's nice. your favorite? Oh, man. Probably the Russian Five. Right when the first year they came, we stayed after the team photo, and I took a picture of the five of them, and all five guys gave me their gloves and their stick. Wow. wow. Here, Hixie, thanks. So that was pretty impressive. That was a memorable time. So I got I got those sticks. I got uh, Mario Lemieux scored 46, 50 goals in 46 games in Detroit. And I told him I'd give him all rights to the picture. So he gave me his stick from that game. Wow. Uh, I got a Paul Coffey autograph stick. And Paul wasn't a real happy guy in Detroit. He didn't really get along with the front office people very well. And, you know, he kind of came in as a Band-Aid guy and he had a bad back. Mm-hmm. that's a cool stick uh who else i got like you know some sticks from gordy howe and ted Lindsay and those guys when they skated the charity games so that's pretty cool i got some uh, aluminum sticks those are weird man i wouldn't want that's a great collector's item yeah honestly honestly i'm too young to remember that i i did that was a thing i new thing i learned today was that guys in the nhl played with aluminum sticks at one point I think they did it up to about like December 5th or 6th that year. And somebody got cross-checked in the face and almost, you know, lost. Yeah, almost them. killed him. <laughs> That's the pain. <laughs> well, maybe we ought to get these out of the game. Oh, man. Now, we do uh, – we would be remiss if we let you go without asking you about March 26, 1997. Now, one of the other quotes that uh, was on that Darren McCarty podcast is he walked out before the game and told you, Hixie, get your camera ready. Uh, what do you remember from that night? Well, anytime you're playing those guys, then that was a big game back then. They were the two times the Stanley Cup. We had to get through them to get to where we wanted to go. Um, everybody knew the bad blood was boiling from the previous year when Drapes got, you know, face planted into the boards by Claude. Uh, and, th- and this was, uh, you know, late in the season. Like, we're going to get these guys in two or three more weeks, so let's just figure it out right now. So as Darren walked in that day, I, I used to run a lot of remote cameras. <clears throat> One of the things I'm kind of known for, you know, I put a camera in each net, put a camera over each net put a camera maybe across the ice right on the bench. And every time I push my main camera, all six cameras take pictures. Okay. So um, I'm running cameras, gearing shit around. Darren said, tonight's going to be the night. Hicksie, 
you know, be ready. If we're going to settle up, we'll get it going before the playoffs start, you know. So this is the last time we we're going to see him before the playoffs. So you knew that if the score to settle, this was a settlement game, big time. Um, the NHL mandates that you have to have four holes cut in the glass for media photographers. So they're on the goal lines, and then the next where you go down the aisle, you know, right there, cut. So on the first period, uh, Reuters, AP, the news services, free press and news, we always give them the prime spots in the first period because they're working under deadline. As soon as they take that picture, they're literally were, you know, putting it on a laptop and hitting the send key from sitting right there under Joe. Mm-hmm. So um, the bad thing about that spot is if you're down at the Zamboni gate and you got a little four inch by eight inch hole and all the fight happens in the other end of the arena, you're nothing but a spectator. Yeah. Why well, purposely uh, assign, I just signed the spots as a team photographer. I gave the free press and the SI or whoever else was there that night, all those spots in the first period. And I went right by the visitor bench, right where the aisle is by the visitor bench. And back in those days, the side glass in the Joe was only 30 inches tall. You know, now the way around is like eight feet tall. Oh, I mean, um, you, you, could, you could almost stand like on a milk crate and reach right over the glass and take pictures. So I thought if this is going to go down, it's going to be epic. And then I'm on the outside of the glass. I don't even have a corner hole. So I'll stay in the middle for the first period. And I think it went down right in the first period. Now, I don't know what period it went down. Yeah, it was the first technique. Well, anyway, I didn't have a spot that time, so I shot it from the middle of the ice. Uh, it happened all right in the middle of the ice, right right in front of me. You know, then Darren started giving the underhanders to Claude, and I could see through the camera lens. Here comes Vernie, like he's, you know, in the Olympics trying to do the sprint with all of his shit on. So I said, oh, shit's coming, and you can't see everything because I'm looking through a camera lens. I yeah. see a little hole, you know. So I could tell, like, everybody's skating fast right at me. So that was Shanahan had foot down on the ice and damn near killed him. You know, then he seen Wah coming, so he turned around and it came flying. Well, they all did their pirouette and their, you know, dipsy do and everything happened right in front of where Darren was at. So, and that's right next to me. So Darren grabs Claude and drags him across the ice because he's still in a turtle. And the video doesn't show very much, but he gives him, he grabs him by his jersey and slams his head into the boards about three times right into Colorado. <laughs> Bench, you know, and the players were all backing up. He was Darren's like, they're all like, you're good. Yeah, we get it. In this game, you know, so um, that's kind of how that un- un- unraveled. And then we used to have a small video room. Now everything's digital and instant, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a lot of video cassette recorders that did the beta, I guess. It's real thick tapes. So as soon as the game was over, the video room's maybe eight foot by eight foot and had about 30 TVs on one wall and 30 recorders on the other wall. The whole team didn't undress. The whole team, helmets and everything, jammed right in that room. It was hollering at Joe, our video coach, like, Re- rewind it, rewind it. They wanted to see the tape. You know, they wanted to see it right away. So, um, you know, he found a spot and rewound it, and they played it over about 10 times. And I jumped up on Joe's desk with a wide-angle lens because the whole team was just in that. They were like, stop it there, stop it there. Oh! You know, they were <laughs> the big check, you know. Yeah. So, now, that was, uh, now, that was shot on film, and that was the third out of four shots that you took of that moment, correct? Well, I, uh, I was lucky that I got into that fight with – you carried lots of film and three or four cameras. So all the cameras you're carrying are at frame one, so in case you got to run. So I just did reload it right before that happened. So boom, 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 and then you got to take all the film out and reload and put all new uh, film in. What's that like when you see that all developing and you know that like you can't just start ripping, like you have to time, time these things. Are you like how, I mean, I guess just what's going on in your mind. Yeah, there's different, um, like in a game like that, you're not shooting any individual pictures that are like a 
you know, really tight 400 millimeter lens shot of a guy all laying down. Cause that's like a upper deck, like a trading card picture. That's good for that player. But mm -hmm. you're, you're recording a momentous game late in the year against a two time Stanley cup champion. So you're trying to pan out a little wider and get more than one guy in the picture. So you actually, you, you do plan for that. Use some different lenses. Like I wouldn't go in there with big glass in that game. Mm -hmm. You want to more get the moment in the, in the fans and the people holding up the signs, you know, behind the fight. You know, one little kid's got a best sweater in that picture. He's holding up a sign. Do you want to rumble? You know who's somebody that I've always been really fascinated by? Um, Britney Spears. No, 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 no. Close. Uh, Brandon Demler. He is the founder of Mima Remedies, which is a CBD company providing full-spectrum CBD hemp oil and flour. Now, now, Brandon, a Southwest Michigan resident, uses only two ingredients in his CBD hemp oil and flour. First, USDA certified organic MCT oil derived from coconuts. Who doesn't love a good coconut? And CO2 extracted full-spectrum CBD from hemp organically grown in Oregon, where Mima founder Brandon Demler got his start working in the industry working with other Michigan State alums. So to celebrate Mima's first season growing their hemp in Michigan, we are giving Lockdown listeners 25% off at MimaRemedies.com. If you're looking for a high-quality CBD product from a brand you can trust, Mima is a match made in Michigan. All products are third-party lab tested and always below 0.3% THC. The full-spectrum extract retains terpenes and flavor of hemp flour with no additives or flavoring. You can also find them on Instagram at MimaRemedies.com. Facebook, and then go to MimaRemedies.com, like I just said, enter the promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout, and take a nice 25% chunk right off of that bill. 25%. I can't believe that. This ha that has to be a mistake. Are you sure it's not? It's not 2.5%? No, it's 25% off. Send me that link. I want to get in on this. You got it. You got it right now. Where's your favorite place that you've ever seen that picture displayed? Or I guess any of your pictures, frankly. Well, I've seen them everywhere. I mean, they've been in Sports Illustrated, the Free Press, full-page ads in USA Today. I've done work for Nike. Um, so it used to be really cool to see this stuff. Now I, I get to where I – you know, I, I, this is 20 years ago now, right? We're dating ourselves. I'm getting to be an old geezer here. But um, I coach a lot of hockey. My kids all play pretty good travel hockey. We are down playing in a tournament in Indianapolis, Indiana. Sunday night, we're playing a championship game about 9 o'clock. It's snowing like eight inches of snow. Everybody's got to drive all the way home to Michigan. And a guy comes in with a big piece of cardboard, and he's got 5x7s, 8x10s, 11x14s, and these little banners and everything, and they were all the McCarty fight picture. So he's in there going around to the mom's and dad sitting in the seats like, you want to buy these, you want to buy this, you want to buy this. And he's yeah. selling, making money. So it was boiling my blood and the other guys were just laughing, you know. So they went over and they told the guy, like, oh, that guy over there, he really wants to buy one of your pictures. <laughs> I comes over like, oh, so I was like, hey, so I thought these were all licensed or something. How does that work, you know? And he says, I know the Red Wing team photographer. He's a good friend of mine. I, I work with the Red Wings. I said, oh, that's got to be amazing working for the team. You got an office there? Do you get to park with the players? Are you fucking pizza? And I just went off. <laughs> Like, ah, get it. He pulled it back. I was like, yeah, it's done. <laughs> I told him, like, you idiot. That's the guy that took that picture. He owns the rights. You want to leave for police come. You know, it's intellectual properties. It's federal court, federal law, $800 an hour attorneys. You know, I mean, unless you're going after a big fish, you're going to drop 20 grand just to get a court date. Yeah. Only yeah. if you call the local police and say, oh, that guy's in there selling pictures. They're like, he could be selling espionage. Like, dude, we're handing out parking tickets. We, you know. Mm-hmm. 
So it's it's a it's a it's a tough uh, that whole industry's kind of hoard up a little bit, you know, kind of a tough industry. Do you have a photo that you love to look at? A mural maybe or, or something like that where you go to and you're like, damn, I I took that. Well, I, you know, and I love that, you know, just Oh, the place would be walking into the Red Wing locker room. About ninety percent of the pictures on that wall are all me. Wow. I mean all um there's probably not any place that's like the other place that's kind of cool is I do a lot of work for Wayne state and Jeff Weiss and those guys over there. And they've really transformed our athletic department the last 15 years into something pretty reputable, you know, mm-hmm. and so if you win the, uh, your league championship, the GLIAC, they put a four foot by eight foot mural of your team over there. And they've got about, since I've been with them the last 20 years, maybe 25 of those winners. So when you walk in their kind of hall of fame, you're like, Holy Christ. <laughs> you know, and they're all and they're all my pictures. So that's kind of cool to go in there and see the pictures I took everyone. Yeah, but, that is awesome. Um, but there's no there's no like really one picture. You know, the Crawford picture's fun. Like you can YouTube that. That's a Crawford Bowman fight. Remember when Crawford went absolutely nuts? Mm-hmm. He smiling at The funny story on that one was we traveled right after that game, okay, to uh, Colorado for the next game. We traveled at night. So we get there about four in the morning and you go to the kind of the desk and they're like, oh, you know, you're Kozlov, you're, they're handing out keys. And then uh, the, I go to get my key and I said, yeah, I'm Mark Hicks. And they said, yeah, just a minute. And then they, do you have a Sharpie? I said, a Sharpie. They said, we want you to autograph something. I said, I'm not a player. You know, I'm, <laughs> I don't know. Wait, wait a minute. We need you autograph. And I thought this is a joke because the guys would always prank me, you know. So they're all going to get their rooms. I'm waiting. So like, somebody comes in with about 30 newspapers and they open it up to the sports section. There's in the Denver Post, I think it is. The whole front page of the sports section was Bowman just or Crawford just like ah, just raging. <laughs> Nuts. And Bowman just smiling and looking at him like, what's wrong with you? And there's me right in the middle with my camera because I always I went in that spot and took a 16 millimeter wide angle lens. Yeah. And there's me like ducking in my arm, just sticking up, going. <laughs> Oh, and both Crawford kept pushing the camera. If you go back to the YouTube video, you'll see them guys like because I, I wasn't really looking because I didn't want to get punched. So I would just put the camera right up between their faces and click off a couple frames. So when Crawford came back the next year, I showed him the picture and he said, I got to have some copies of that. And he autographed one to me and he said, open mouth, insert. Ah. <laughs> oh man, that's all great. Well, uh, Mark, we've certainly enjoyed having you on. We'll have to have you on again. I, I know you got lots of stories that we would love to hear. I'm a lucky guy. So it's, uh, I got to tell them all before I start forgetting them. <laughs> well, we certainly appreciate you, uh, you telling them to us. So uh, wh- what do you got going on these days? You uh, just kind of hanging out, st- laying low? Yeah, I mean, I do um, a fair amount of drone photography. I'm a licensed drone guy. So I, that, some of the, most of that work's still going on because you're doing it for police departments and government use and stuff. Um, and I'm really active in, uh, amateur hockey still. Once we get the boys back on the ice, we should be having our, we've got a pretty good team out of Gabriel with showers. We made it to the super eight the year before and good kids, okay. good parents and enjoying my uh, family. My daughter is a, uh, paramedic in Detroit. So two thumbs up for her, her, me and mom both tried to get her to quit. Cause she's right on the front lines there. It scares the shit out of us watching. Yeah. yeah. And then my son just graduated from university of Kentucky. So he's home looking for a job. Anybody's looking for a great accounting kid, I got one. Your old knucklehead upstairs is going to change the world. Hey, can I do one more shameless shout out? Absolutely. Go for it. Give all the shameless shout outs you want. I don't give a shout out to my wife, Suzanne. I'll be in Twinkies for the next month. And no matter, 
uh, how you cook them, they're no good in the microwave. They're no good fried. They're no good baked. They're pretty good fried. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. You know that. <laughs> anyway, yeah, my wife, Suzanne, is my angel. She's taking care of me and keeps me out of the, you know, keeps me out of the ditch, gives me a head slap if I get too far out of my lane. So everybody needs one of them. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Mark. We uh, wish your wife, Suzanne, a, a happy Friday, a happy weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. We did talk to Dave Organic, uh before we did this podcast, or at least I did. Uh, and he, he mentioned to me on that picture that was taken by the legendary Mark Hicks of you beating up Claude Lemieux. He said, the inscription that you always write on there is sweet revenge. But my brother yeah. growing up had a picture of that and you autographed it and it said to Seth, never turtle. So I'm just wondering what are some of your other favorite inscriptions that you've written on that photo? Um, payback is a bitch. Hello. My name is karma. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, uh, bloody Wednesday, uh, fight night at the Joe, but, uh, I sweet revenge is mine. That was the first one I ever signed. And that's if, if, if I will ask people, do you want it inscribed? And some people, you know, uh, beat his, beat his turtle out or, or bitch ass beat down. That's another one that people like, um, you know, different things. But if, if they leave it to me, I'll sign a sweet revenge and date it always. So um, my goal is to have it in every house and establishment in the state of Michigan or in every uh, Red Wing household worldwide. And you know what? I don't think it's there yet. So I still got work to do.